This is Reset and can be found at mccabe.io. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries, mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and I'll be bringing some friends along. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that's sat on my desk for years. It reminds me that no matter how much we mess something up, there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, David McCabe. Reset number 45. And I'm back from spring break. Freshened up. Actually, I'm just, I'm worn out. I, I don't think I've recovered yet. I'm getting old. My children are young and spry, and we hiked hiked in Utah at uh, Bryce National Park and uh, Zion National Park. Just scaled some rocks and did all this fun stuff. And I am... I am tore up. So we're gonna get going here. Uh, I need to, I need to give you some shout-outs because uh, Patreon is just killing it. You guys, thank you so much. It has been an honor to have this uh, Patreon channel, and we gave away some swag in uh, a couple of weeks ago. Let's see, our our winners were Doug and john and i got those mailed out and they gave me uh, a little feedback back that they got them so all right test i don't know it it worked i, I got something mailed out i don't know why i'm so surprised i'm uh, avid ebayer and uh so so i got some things uh set aside for you guys to give away even more i will announce that on patreon so if you're not you're not in the Patreon group. You really need to jump in with this. Patreon.com slash David McCabe. I think I have a short link. You just use that. I think I have a short link. Reset.fm slash Patreon. But hey, you can use, you can go to Patreon.com slash David McCabe. So we're going to run through a couple of nudist articles. And we're going to run through a couple of issues. Yes, I have issues. Yeah, I always have issues. But um Short little podcast, and I'll try to do a little crypto follow-up at the end. This one should be fun. I've got an Icy Doc article. I want you to go out to the homeservershow.com forums. I am going to rename those to resetforums.com. I think I'm going to do it this summer when I got a big contiguous like space that I'm not like going crazy. I might have to wait until after baseball season. But IC Doc has an article out on the Reset Forums called It's the New Tough Armor Rugged Drive Enclosures. And they've what this article does is it just kind of shows you everything in this new Tough Armor series. And I'm warning you, I want you to go read it, but I'm warning you, when you see these, you're gonna just start salivating. Especially you home server builders. You're gonna think, wow, this is nice stuff and I want to build something with it because it does look cool. Icy Doc, uh, Tough Armor, go check that out. There will be a link in the show notes, but um, if you get to those show notes at reset.fm slash four five. But it's easy to find in the forums. I did promote this article and a promoted article kind of goes to this box on the bottom Always check that box on the bottom of the forums when you pop in. There may be something you know new or something hidden that you never even saw. So it's kind of like a little blog article box, like you would see something featured, right? 
All right, let's go for you that have been following my pool house build. Yeah, it's still getting built. Yeah, we're a year into this now, and we've got brick, we've got stone, concrete, everything's going, tile is going on the inside. Things are starting to look a little better, and it's almost time for that big audio-visual push. And I'm going, I've got a list, I'm almost going like analog right now i'm like writing it down right i'm drawing the picture of an amplifier and doing the ins and outs and how am i going to do this there's a link in the forums where uh, i've been kind of going back and forth with a couple of guys uh schoon dog and, and a couple of other guys have given me some real good ideas and it's allowed me to kind of bounce some of my things around now sometimes when you put it on paper and you just you start typing it and you're like, man, that is not going to work, <laughs> you know? So sometimes it helps you to write it down. And so I'm going analog and putting it all on paper, uh, like almost like a Vizio drawing of what I want out there. So it's kind of, this will be fun. I will look for that link and uh, maybe you can play along too. Maybe you've built something like this and you could help me out. All right. Let's refer back to last episode, Reset 45 with uh, Jim Collison. How many of you guys got into the burst hard disk drive mining uh, frenzy. Raise your hands, uh, hands back on the wheel if you're driving. But let me know. I, I didn't really get a big feedback on it. It kind of downloaded like a normal article. It didn't really take off. I mean, a normal article, a normal podcast in the stats. It just looks just like all the rest of them. So I don't know if you if you'd like that. If it was informative, you didn't do it, but you thought it was fun to listen to. I, I don't know. I didn't get any feedback from you. I did get a couple of guys requesting Burst, which was cool. So I do know that some of you have uh, at least dug out a hard drive and uh, plotted it up. And I know Jim probably got even more uh, requests for Burst. I need to follow up with him because uh, it's fun. When I got back, let's go, let's move in and uh, keep going with uh, spring break. I went on spring break, and uh, it's always a trying time, right? Especially, you know, because I've got all these systems running at home, and one of them being this burst box. That stupid burst box. I don't know what happened. If it was, I think it was a power failure here at the house. It is the only. Uh, you're you're gonna shake your head at me, guys. I'm sorry. It is the only box in this house that's not on a UPS. And that's right after, right after I did my whole check your batteries on your UPS, you know, everything. So it's the only box that doesn't have a battery backup. And it is chock full of hard drives. So it went down. Everything else is on a battery. Everything. Every single one of my miners, if I there may be a miner that doesn't, but it has power fail option, right? So power goes off, it shuts down immediately. Power comes back on, the BIOS says, hey, reboot. Turns back on, reboots, does an auto start of the miner, back and running. That's if nothing horrible happens to it, which usually it does recover. Not the burst box. The burst box has trouble booting itself because I put it on an old, oldy moldy box. Oldy moldy box. So my bad. I need to uh I need to follow my own rules, right? Uh 
I need to take my own medicine. And I, I didn't do that on the burst box. So UPS time. Actually, I'm trying to work. We'll, we'll talk about that later, but I have plans for the burst box, but we'll talk about that here in a little bit. I had even worse issues while I was on spring break. No, it wasn't the lack of service in the middle of Utah forests. Nope, that wasn't it. When we got back, I noticed, let's see, how, when did this happen? This was about early morning the day that we flew home. I got some indications that something was wrong with the network here at home. Nothing I could do about it. I mean, I could have paid for the Southwest Wi-Fi and, uh, you know, worked on it. It it just drove me crazy. It just drove me crazy. You know, I took a little power nap, watched some downloaded videos. You know, just I just let it go. I'm going to be home in, you know, a couple hours. No big deal. Well, a couple of systems were on when I got home. A couple of systems weren't. Not power-wise, but on the network. Something was wrong with the network. So I start digging around. I'm not even thinking router, Wi-Fi. You know, I'm thinking, it's got to be this computer here, right? It's This computer here is sitting right next to another computer, and one of them's on the network and one of them's not on the network. I think it had to do with some uh, DHCP and uh, something with Eero. So the problem was Eero, my Eero system, consists of six access points in this in this house one one access point the main router which is on the main floor is gen 2 and it pumps out some signal it's a pretty good little Eero. it's connected directly to the cable modem and this is all routed up to be not shoved in the basement but i've routed the coax to the modem onto the main floor of the family room. I mean, when you're sitting on the couch, you are bathed in glorious, luscious 5 gigahertz and 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi. It'll warm you up. It's pretty good stuff. Out in the open, too. Not in a cabinet. Cable modem's down below. So, come home. I'm like, well, just let it go. You know, the the kids are downstairs on the Xbox because they haven't had it for a week. So they're, they're just jonesing for it. But of course, it got the better of me. And I'm like, yeah, I got I told them. I went down there. I said, "Boys, I got to reboot some boxes, right? I got to I got to do something. It's just it's driving me mad. So, get off the box. I'm I'm going to kick you off just for just for a minute. Go get a drink. Just for a minute. Famous last words, just for a minute. <laughs> I know I know you've done that before, right? I didn't dig around enough. I didn't dig around enough prior to the reboot, I just thought, I'm going to fix this with a reboot. You know, what doesn't help with a reboot? Well, this situation did not help with the reboot. Reboot them all. And I started looking around. I started looking around in the Eero app. Well, I missed this on the first go around. But if I open this thing up, Eero, nah, it's not going to come up. It's damn thing's off right now. That's the whole point of the podcast. Uh, the whole point of this little article here is I dug through the Eero app and I saw 
that the gateway Eero had changed to an Eero that was in the laundry. Now, this laundry Eero is in the laundry specifically to get signal kind of outside the corner of the house, right? And flow it out onto the front into the driveway. So it it really helps when you do some of that Wi-Fi uh, detection. Like you pull up into the driveway and your phone jumps on and you can do things, right? Smart things as, yo, he's back, you know? Make a pot of coffee, you know, what whatever you want to do. It's like Wi-Fi sensing, right? So the gateway, meaning this that's the main Eero. Eero number one. Route all packet through this Eero. It had changed to the laundry access point. And this is the last access point you want. Well, it's not the last, but definitely didn't want it. So everything was confused. Packets were going there. Then it had to jump on Cat5 and go downstairs and then hit the switch. And then you you would think any Eero in your network could be the gateway. It should it should work. Well, man, no. It just destroyed my network. So, I didn't do anything to help it at this point. I forget my exact steps. But I, as soon as I did one of them, I was like, oh, crap. That was the wrong thing to do. You know? That was the wrong thing to do. I should have done it this other way. So, I'm standing there. You know, this is 15 minutes into a down network. And your kids are like, looking at you like, if you don't get us Wi-Fi, we are seriously going to sacrifice you. So I'm thinking, what do I do? I, you know, I've, I've done anything. I, and I was futzing with this main Eero. That was my gateway. I keep messing with it. And I reset it and I hard reset it and I did this and I tried to add it. I got it added and it was back to being the gateway and then all of a sudden, it wasn't the gateway anymore, and it crapped itself. And I'm like, that's it. I don't, so I, that may be a bad Eero, right? So I do need to troubleshoot that. But at the moment, my kids are tapping their feet looking at me. No Wi-Fi, Dad. My mining boxes are timing out, right? They just keep, they keep going. They're just connection error, connection error, connection error. And I can just... Feel the pressure, right? Everybody's looking at you, like holding their phones, like, where's the Wi-Fi? Kevin, the Wi-Fi is out. You know, I can hear Gru yelling at me. Dave, get the Wi-Fi going. So I went upstairs and grabbed the trusty Orby, Netgear Orby box, the single box. That's the router. It's the main one, not the satellite, the main one. See, I've had this Orbi network going probably for the last year, right? It's a secondary network. It's running. It's it's not on the main network, right? It needs to be reconfigured, but I've got it going. There's no reason I can't just make an SSID change, make a network change, throw it onto the cable modem, and see what happens. Usually when you think, man, it should be that easy, right? Normally, 
when you tell yourself, man, it just takes five minutes, just hang on, I'll be right there. Normally, what is it to you Brits? Sod's law? It's Murphy's law here in the States. Normally, it works like that, but usually, sometimes, especially if you're me, it takes, you know, forever to get it done. But I want to report to you, Nick Orby just cranked it. It's just like, hey, you want me to be the router? I'll be your router. I'll be your Huckleberry. So I just, it's sitting in the floor with cables connected to it. And boom, network's up. Dad yells through the house, network's back up. And you hear, you know, just applause. <sighs> you know, everybody's like, no, really, it's like, about time. You know, that's kind of what you hear. So, Nick or Orby, rocking and rolling. And it's the only device I have in the entire house. And it's just, once again, painting it. Actually, you do feel a little more fuzzier on the couch right now because it's pretty high-powered. But it's rocking and rolling. And I can see the satellite from here. It's not even plugged in. It's just sitting over there. I got to get that thing plugged in. So that is my future from here forward. I'm going to mess around with Orby, and we'll see how that goes. Of course, I'll let you know. Oh, and yeah, of course Eero dies after I pay for the like pro package, right? Get all that software, that uh, the encrypt.me that we were talking about several podcasts ago. Of course, yeah, just that's just how it goes, right? No big deal. It is so time for me to install that stupid ring, ring.com doorbell. I still haven't done that. So here's the deal. I've got, did I tell, did I tell you this on a, on a previous podcast? I never can remember. Um, I've got my doorbell. My doorbell right now goes nowhere, right? It goes into, it doesn't go nowhere, but if I didn't have it rigged up to the home audio system, it would go nowhere. So it goes into a Niles DBI-1. It's a doorbell interface box that when you close the relay, right, when you push the button, close the circuit, sends a ringtone, ringtone, a doorbell tone to the amplifier. And then you can do with it what you want, right? I route it to a zone that is on the main floor, nothing up in the bedrooms, uh, on the main floor, living room, you know, laundry, areas like that. I route it that way. Well, it's, you know, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I think it's actual, the actual outdoor buttons. People will be standing there forever. Um, so I don't know whether I should integrate that in into the ring.com system or not. Now, the cool thing is, is it has two inputs, and it can give you a door chime specific to the input. So we get a chime, we know it's the front door, or we know it's the side door. Now that's that's pretty handy. Sounds like, wow, that's a first world problem, Dave. But that's it's pretty handy. Pretty handy. So I'm currently digging around on some information to see if, if I can easily do that. I will. Now, I have no transformers, no doorbells. I have nothing. I don't have power. So I'm going to have to buy the little power plug and route it to the to the new doorbells. 
Mm, it's going to be a mess. It's going to be a mess. And I think that's why I'm being so like dragging my feet on this because you know once you once you open up one little doorbell you're just going to be going right until you get it done and nothing else is going to work of course it's going to be kind of like the wi-fi they're going to get yelled at where's the doorbell (laughs) so that's why i haven't i know it's time i need to i need to get that done i had been using the excuse of i don't want to stand outside in the cold but it's now nice weather trees are budding grass is growing it's it's time it's time to do the doorbell dave all right enough about me let's talk about some cool cool things i saw i've done this before we've talked about remote desktop right i saw an article uh, recently on gizmodo about the three top free apps for accessing your computer from anywhere and TeamViewer was one of them. The other two were one I knew about, one I did not know about. So I thought I'd run this by you. Okay, RDP, remote desktop, in the home is I use it a lot, right? I'm jumping around systems. Out of the home, I use it a ton, a crap ton from my phone and from the laptop. So let me just put it how they laid it out. Chrome Remote Desktop. I've never used this before. It's, I don't know if this is a program or if it's a, I think it may be just a tab. Now, it was obviously probably concocted up because of the Chromebook, right? It can only be done with the Chrome browser. That's the only, that's the, that is the Chromebook, is that browser. So, Having a remote desktop app built into that would be, you know, advantageous. Number two was TeamViewer. Now, I know I freaked out several podcasts ago about TeamViewer. And yes, it did cause me a lot of pain on one of my mining rigs. It just completely destroyed it by installing an antivirus solution that I had no idea that it did. <clears throat> it, I, may, I may have screwed that up. So... Kind of giving them the benefit of the doubt, but I went back to TeamViewer because I'll be dang it, it works, it's fast, it nags me to no end, but it does really work well. And the funny thing about this is this article, I'll put a link in the show notes, the TeamViewer window says Dave's Dell and Dave's MacBook, this computer, which I thought that was kind of funny because I that's I jump into a Dell Um computer a lot but I don't um I don't I don't I don't call it Dell I have a uh I have a weird sense of humor on uh on my mining rigs I'll share that with you uh, later down in the podcast but number three is a software called AnyDesk Any A-N-Y Desk now, this one's intriguing to me, and this is the reason why I'm sharing this with you, is it is like a standalone app, right? You like download it, unzip it, put it in a folder on your desktop, and it runs from that desktop, right? So I kind of like that, that it doesn't weasel its fingers all into your system, kind of like TeamViewer does, and trying to upsell you on all kinds of crap. 
And Lord knows where the packets are going, right? To TeamViewer and then back. So I I kind of like this. Now I I need I would need to read up on this to see, okay, who is the company behind this? Could they be, you know, sniffing any packets? Uh, I don't know. But as a standalone app, I like it. It has, I see an Android app. It has 4.4 stars. And it has, like, shared clipboard. I mean, you need shared clipboard if you do some things like I do. That's pretty handy. They say it's not as refined as TeamViewer, but... It may be something to look into. So I'm going to give you the link to this article. Again, Gizmodo. And uh, let me know. I would like to know if you would, uh, if you're going to try one of these. Um, I may, I may look into this any desk thing. All right. I saw another article. This is from Lifehacker about an application called Winderstat. And as soon as I saw that name, I was like. I have not used that thing in forever. And I know most of you have like gone, oh yeah, Winderstat, man, always used it, Winderstat. Or you're like me and you haven't used it in a while. But this is a pretty handy thing, right? Okay, so it's, let me break it down. Win, dir, D-I-R-S-T-A-T. Win, it's like win directory statistics, right? Absolutely free. You run it on your system and it maps the hard drive usage. It gives you a little like file explorer that you can manipulate, right? To see where are the files that are the biggest on my system. Do I have like a huge temp directory or do I have a Blu-ray rip that I've left somewhere, right? In a video folder that I've forgotten about. Let me free up some hard drive space. That's, that's what it's all about with Winderstat. Let's free up some hard drive uh, space, and it's free. So with that file explorer, you also get this, I don't know what you call this thing, but it's kind of cool. It's a window on the app that gives you colored boxes. And the boxes are as big, like a representation of the file. So you get a big box visually you can go to that first right you see a big box on your screen big colored green box you click it and it'll take you to that folder in the hierarchy and it'll say like boom temp right temp directory so you're thinking bam i can get rid of this so you can clean up and you rerun it see you know free up some space it's just it is one of the handiest apps in the world to have on a PC, seriously. I'm gonna give you the. I'm gonna give you the link to it. Uh, I'll let, I'll just give you a link to the article uh, instead of direct to the file. That way you can uh, at least see the, the screenshots and whatnot. Great. I I don't know what I'm doing. I'm probably preaching to the choir. Ninety nine percent of you guys probably are like, yeah, Dave. Geez, we use that all the time. So I had forgotten about it. Maybe that's because I'd, I haven't had space issues, right? Haven't I just haven't. It's been a nice, nice thing. So speaking of file manager, I'm also going to, file manager, speaking of managing files, I'm also going to give you uh, an article to how to get the old file manager. Do you remember 
file manager before there was Explorer, where you just had a list of your drives and hierarchy. And that's pretty much it. You could do Windows, but it was really, really basic. And oh, don't you remember when Microsoft came out with the ribbon and put all those put all that crap at the top of your file manager? I know you were just like, oh, I hate this. You know, we all get used to it, right? It's like when Chevy or Ford changes the body style. You're like, oh, I hate this new Ford pickup. And a year later, you're like, man, that pickup looks sharp, <laughs> right? That's how it is. So I'm going to give you a, a link to this article. Kind of take you down memory lane with this old fire manager, but you can get it. They open sourced it. And it's on, I think it's on GitHub. So go get it. Have some fun. It's, it's pretty cool. Go, go check it out. Also, I have something that I have kept in my, uh, in my stash of links is a, a do-it-yourself Raspberry Pi as a NAS box. You think, huh, I don't know if that's a very good idea, Dave, but we're talking about a dual drive. I mean, you can go buy a QNAP or a Synology dual drive NAS for a hundred to a couple hundred bucks. Throw in your own drives and have a nice little mirror NAS. But why not do it with a Raspberry Pi? So here's a little article to kind of help you out. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go in depth on it, but I would like to know if any of you guys have done things like that. I know you I know you guys are using the pies. So just let me know. Maybe we'll have a little feedback and uh, the best way to do it is just start an article out there at Reset Forums. Resetforums.com. Just start an article. You know, we don't have to use forums to like answer people's questions. The biggest thing about a forum is conversation. If you have something you've done lately, it, don't don't be worried about someone would like call it out and say, "Oh, that's dumb." You know, put it out there. Here's my, you just show me. Here's my ring.com doorbell, Dave. Here's how I put the wedge in there, and I can see around the corner or something. Right? Put your stuff out there. It, it makes for good conversations. I think I've to- told you about this before, but Seagate does have their 14 terabyte helium field. Field, filled, F-I-L-L-E-D, not F-I-E-L-D, but helium-infused 14-terabyte drives. I mean, we're talking we're talking data center drives here, but, whoa, would I love to get my hands on one of these. I'm sure it would take a month to plot for my burst box, but I would really like to get one. That would be just, or seven, right? Hello, Seagate. You know where I'm at. Send me, send me a little thing here. So I've got some stuff on the review desk. I can see it from here. I should have brought it over here to kind of uh, finagle with while you're uh, while I'm podcasting. But what, something I'm very excited about, and I interviewed these guys at CES this year. Fabaro. Fabaro is an automation company, big into the Z-Wave, and they've got a new plug. It's it's like called I think it's Wall Plug Two. I don't have it the box in front of me it's just right over there i can see it but these guys got me really excited about this wall plug it's it is smarter than your average wall plug guys i mean lamp module no you're not going to call this a lamp module it is way smarter than that so look for that on youtube i will let you know in a subsequent uh you know podcast that i've got that going I want to show it to you, and I've got 
I actually have a real good idea what I'm going to do with this thing. It's kind of a secret. I think it's going to be a breakout hit, but it's going to be real cool. I also have a flood, and it's a temperature sensor as well from Fabaro, and I would really like to to play with their Z-Wave hub to see how it differs from like smart things. Better, worse, I, I don't know. I have no clue. You have any um, experience with that? You can let me know. I'm open. I've got this link that I've kept on my desktop for years, not years, well, for several months now. It's called the Best TV Wall Mount. This is definitely not storage related. This is this is self-serving, guys. I'm self-serving myself to see. I'm going to give you this article. It's got some decent wall mount brackets. I am faced with a situation on putting a television on a brick wall, and it is literally freaking me the blank out, right? That's some permanent stuff <laughs> drilling into some uh, into some masonry. I'll, I'll, I'll mark up a wall all day long. And now that I think about it, I've mounted a lot of TVs in my lifetime, and I've always seemed to get them right. And it may be due to the mount, right? Because if you get the mount just off a little bit, you can still slide the TV left and right, you know? So... I don't know why I'm so freaked out about this. I think the last time I did a mount here in this house was a little cheap mount from Amazon. And I'm definitely not going to cheap out this time. But it was a little cheap mount and it was just the hardest thing to get that TV to hang on it. I, ah, that was just nuts. It was one of those like super flat, you know. So it was real hard. It was super duper hard. So I'm thinking... Maybe this one, I don't want to go all the way just super flat, but I don't know. Man, I'm going to refer to you guys. This is, I'm up to the point where I need to be buying a TV in a mount for an outdoor space, and it's freaking me out, and I I need to drill into some mortar, right? Set some, set some anchors and do it right so it, the wind doesn't, you know, blow it over to the neighbor's house. So let me know. Tell me what you got. That's it. I think it's time to move on to, I don't know what we call this, crypto corner. You want to call it crypto corner? Reset crypto. Yeah, resetcrypto.com. That should be a thing. That That should really be a thing. Reset crypto. We should have all kinds of stuff. Right now, I have sold my NVIDIA rig. I think I told you that. I sold a pretty bad to the bone NVIDIA rig. Got some capital. Made some money. I did some mining on it. Made money with the mining. Made money on the hardware. Obviously, I sold it at peak mining. And I think mining is taking a little bit of a hit lately. And so hope I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on kind of a, a big return and... Um, but I, I I did good, I did good. And I I just wonder if that guy who's mining on my box is uh, just listens to this podcast. I have no clue. It'd be easy to find me. I'm not I'm not hiding, right? Um, 
but I sold it. I sold it at a good price, but I still made some money, right? Because I have effort into building it and getting it stable and working out all the bugs and also, you know, tweaking the operating system too. This, this is no easy job. So right now I have what I call my kryptonite rig. It is a rig that has eight cards in it, eight AMD Radeon 550s. Seven of those cards are two gig cards. One of those is a four gig card. You you just can't go to a store anymore and buy eight cards at once. You just can't do it. I tried to get all the same card. I tried to get all the same gigabyte RX 550s, two gigs. So I had to buy them in stages. I ended up getting five of those. And a, you know, a couple of run of the other run of the mill cards, all new cards. And it, it's hashing away. Now, Dave, why would you get RX 550? Well, here's the deal. RX 550. If you do the actual cost per hash, if you do the math, it is cheaper on an RX 550 than it is with a Vega. If you work it out, if you work out the hash, include the power cost, add it up in the end. Now, the problem is it takes four of these little RX 550s to equal one Vega. So four, you know, Henri children instead of one Henri child. Now, I have heard, I've never had my hands on a Vega, but I have heard that they can be super touchy. Now, the RX 550s can be as well, but I think they're a little more forgiving. So there's that. They will draw less power than the Vega. That's why they're more cost-effective per hash. But you can obviously scale more with the Vega. Now, it ends up costing you more because you need more power to throw at these things. You're going to need to fill up your motherboard. You're going to need two ginormous power supplies, probably three large power supplies to run a full load of Vegas, not to mention the capital you're going to have to put out. Now, granted, a Vega will run you 1,300 hash per second at a bare minimum on the kryptonite algorithm and... If you do your magic on it, you do the one-click BIOS mod and a little overclocking, you can get it up to 1,900 hash on the Vega 56. Now, I wouldn't run a Vega 64. I would run the Vega 56, flash the Vega 64 BIOS to it, and do it that way. But I chose not to go down that road. One, the cost. I just didn't want to bear the costs. You know, with that... RX 550 being so much less expensive, you can kind of just slowly build that rig, right? So kryptonite coins were pretty hot. I mean, they've been, kryptonite coins have been a force to be reckoned with since December. Since Electronium came out, um, it, it has been a, it has been an algorithm to mine and it has been, uh, it's been profitable. It has. Now, Electronium has since tanked and that's where I, put a lot of my hashing power in, let's see, December, January, February. So it wasn't until March, April. Yeah, a lot, mostly February. I did a lot of uh, other kryptonite coins too. But right now, 
the uh, the big bad Chinese folks creating the uh, specific chips to mine coins, the ASICs, have come out with their kryptonite version. And a couple of coins said, uh-uh, we're going to fork, we're going to change the code, you are not going to mine our, co- our coin with your big bad to the bone ASIC miners. So Monero is one of those. They were, and Monero is the, the mother coin, right? They were first out of the block with the fork, and it was amazing to watch this. I, once I heard of the, the, the fork, I started getting ready to mine Monero. The difficulty was up super high, super high. And the thought was, after they fork, how are we going to know that we got the ASICs off of our network? Well, you knew. Because the difficulty dropped very, very low. And in those that first day, actually, so what happened was twofold. That first day, the ASICs dropped off because they can't. You know, they got forked off. The code says, you know, we're, we're, we're doing it a different way. That ASIC is not going to work. The ASIC is a chip. They make a chip to do one thing. And you cannot flash it there's no bios upgrade to that thing it's dead it's a paperweight they have to move on to a different coin the other thing was is there's a lot of people who just set their miners working and don't even pay attention to it they're not they're not in the game right so you had to update your miner in order for it to keep working the miner had to stay up with the fork as well so i did that I was ready to go. So that means a lot of miners dropped off with the ASICs. A lot of miners dropped off. Their miners program is still running, right? They didn't lose the PC, so they didn't get an alert. But it's not, the hash is not working. It's just getting rejected. 100% rejection. So that was a beautiful thing. The difficulty dropped to the floor. And... Everybody that was ready stepped in, pointed their miners at Monero, and we're running. We're off and running, making, you know, making good hash rate, making good return. Now it's it's since kind of calmed down a little bit, but the difficulty is still in a, a pretty decent range. I mean, Monero is a good place to be right now. It it really is. It's a good place to be mining. So if you have Radeon cards, you really should think about that. It's uh it's a good thing. So I do have this rig listed on Craigslist and Facebook. I, I want to liquidate this rig too. And it's not because I'm like fearing, uh, you know, markets going to heck in a handbasket. That is that is so not the the case. It's just I I, I just kind of look at timing, right? I've done it once. I can do this again. A lot of cards are hitting the market because people are scared as heck. You know, the ASICs are taking over. So new GPUs are supposed to come out soon. So if you're a gamer, you could probably wheel and deal and get you a nice new uh, a new card here in the, in the near term. Still mining. I, I mean, I'm looking at my... Stats right now, everything's going good. Still on the Monero. I've got 
four rigs on it. Two, three of them are smaller. Uh, one is that monster. And so I'm trying, I got the monster listed for sale. I got someone looking at it. Um, I would definitely work on the price, you know, to get it. It's, it's made me money. So if I honestly, if I sold it for just a little over cost, I would be happy. That's just money in my pocket. I get my money back and, uh, I can, I can use that money. I've got plans with, I've got plans with this, uh, with this money. I, I went to the store and I bought a, uh, a visa card. I just, I said, I want this, I want to get a visa card to put some of this money into. So there's not cash sitting around. I did that. And then I quickly figured out, uh, nobody wants to take this visa card, especially buying Bitcoin. I thought, well, I'm not trying to hide anything, but I could not buy the Bitcoin with the, with the visa gift card. So yeah, what I ended up doing is buying a gift card to a store you know, one for one, 500 to 500. And uh, I used it that way. So I bought more cards, of course. Um, what else? I, I'm kind of moving on into, uh, I bought, I bought into Bitcoin after I sold that rig. And I made, no, I, I didn't make, but I made a good decision at that point. So I, I started, you know, analyzing the market, watching that watching it and I bought dips. I bought into bought into it twice at two dips and I made really good decisions there. Now, today as I record this, the the market's freaking out. My portfolio looks great. It's over 8,000. Bitcoin's over 8,000. So, I'm up right now, but I bought in in order to buy a piece of software. There's a piece of software I want to help me out that you buy it with BTC. I wish they would just take credit card because I'd like to leave this this Bitcoin out uh, rolling out there. But it, it, it is what it is. A um, couple hundred bucks for a piece of software that's going to help me in the future. And wow, the rest of all of my coinage is just flying high. Now, some of it, like... Let's look at Burst. Let's just look at that since we talked about that. Burst is up how much? How much percentage? 30%. Well, you know, 30% of two cents is not a whole lot, right? But it's nice to see it in the green, at least. If it would just not lose that value and continue to gain value, I, I would be definitely happy. There's, there's money to be made there. And I'm sure a lot of other burst miners are real happy to get that jump. My altcoins are doing good. I started mining uh, Bitcoin private. I turned, I showed a few guys uh, the Bitcoin private fork with Z Classic. And I told them, I think this is going to be good. And... When it forked, the price was good, and then it kind of tanked. It kind of tanked with the market. But BTCP has made a resurgence. It, it's at almost $30. That's, that's a good price. 
is almost at $30 for a Bitcoin private. I still believe in that project. I have, let's see, Verge, Tron, Ripple. I still have some Masari. That's from mining. TurtleCoin, which is the little side project I was playing with. Um, still have a little Z Classic, which is worth nothing. Still have some uh, Ethereum. I have some Litecoin. Coins I'm looking at. But this is this is all entertainment value right here, right? By no means that means put in your life savings into the stupid stuff that I'm looking at. Because as soon as I buy it, it's going down. You realize that, right? As soon as I buy it, it's going down. BAT, BNB. ENJ, EOS, FUN, GBX, Nano, NEO, OMG, ONT, WAN, and ZRX. That's my wish list. That, those are projects that I've read about, I've looked at, I've researched. I would say, you know, if I had a lot of money, I would, I would, I would buy these right now. The problem is I should have bought those a week ago when they were bottomed. Now that they're going back up. Every one of those that I just read you is in the green. Every one of them. 11%, 5%, 20%. Uh, it makes me sick. Because uh, I, I knew, right? You have to have a plan. And I just have not been able to execute the plan. But you need to have a plan. And you need to be able to have it, those funds liquid and on the network in order to execute your plan. Otherwise... You're just, you're just looking at charts, right? So I will jump into those. Maybe it was a good thing. Let's see if they go back down. Bitcoin shot up on Thursday of this week that I'm recording. Uh, seems like some big whales got a hold of it and uh, ran through some shorts and sent the coin up. And the next day, Friday, today, that I'm recording this, it's kind of continued its upward trend. So I still need I still need to buy in a little bit, but I'm kind of holding off because of the weekend. It the way I've seen things go, Bitcoin kind of settles down, right? So I'd, I would like it to settle back down. I you always want it to go down before you buy, right? But it's kind of nice to see it go up. Now, if you buy when it's on the up, my God, you're nervous. You want it to keep going. People that lose their money buy it on the top and sell it on the bottom. You got to make money by buying it on the bottom and riding it to the top. So I have bought coins on the top. Yeah, hello January and February, right? So that's a mess. And I, I, we don't want that to happen again. So I'm going to leave it at that. If you want to talk trading, if you want to talk, I don't know, just anything crypto with me, we have a spot in the forums. It's, it's club. If you go down the right-hand side and you click, it's called the Cryptocurrency Closed Club. It's got 10 members right now. If you're a good upstanding citizen of the forums, of the home server show reset forums then just jump on in let's talk let's talk some coin
All right? All right, guys, that's Reset 45. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it wasn't too much crypto for you. I hope you got some worth out of it. If you did get some worth out of it, please consider being a Patreon, patron, patreon.com slash David McCabe helps me pay the server bill. And that's exactly what I do with that patronage money. It goes straight to paying for the hosting of the forums and the hosting of the podcast so I can bring this to you. Also, there is um, a link in the forums called JSE Coin. It's in the cryptocurrency section. If you'd like to click on that, you can join the JSE Coin revolution. You can get a free you know, bump of coin for yourself, and I get a free little referral coin, so that helps keep, it's not even worth any money right now, but if it ever goes to a market and exchange, I may be able to cash that in and use it for uh, paying some bills as well. I appreciate it. I will get, if you have recently donated via PayPal, via, oh, I got a, a donation via Fortnite code, if you have donated via Patreon, uh, recently, those stickers are going to go out. I apologize for actually going on a vacation, spring break, and not getting your stickers out. But I will do that. And I hope you have a great week. We'll see you in the forums. This has been Reset. It can be found at reset.fm or over on YouTube at youtube.com slash David McCabe. Follow on Twitter at McCabe.io. And you can discuss this episode and more on Reset Forums. Resetforums.com. Intro and outro music is by Daryl Lee. Find it at soundcloud.com. Daryl Lee Music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E Music. Support of this podcast can be done at Patreon. Patreon.com slash David McCabe. There's also some shopping links at resetforums.com if you want to use those. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you next week on Reset.